When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Oh, we got a full show tonight. Got a lot of stuff that we want to get into. I'm actually not even going to do a guest tonight. I'm going to give Laker fans as much as an opportunity to be on the show. So if you're out driving about and you like some of these topics that you want to get into, 877-710-ESPN, you're always invited to talk some Lakers basketball um, on this show. Okay, so... Um, just a kind of quick little preview here of what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to get into what the Lakers did over the last week. We haven't done a show since, or the last time we did a show, Dallas, Philly, and Houston. Those are the three games. And I specifically want to talk about Lakers head coach Darvin Ham. Um, what Laker fans think so far. We're about 44 games in, something like that. Um, what do you think of him so far? Um, do you do you think he's been a good fit? Do you think he's has he um, over delivered for you of what your expectations were for Darvin Ham? So I'm going to spend a lot of the beginning part of the show talking about uh, coach and if you're happy with his progress. Um, I'll also get into sounds like Anthony Davis we're getting a little bit closer. Sham Sharania had something yesterday, and we'll just talk about what that timetable looks like and when Anthony Davis is back. Can the Lakers make a real run in the West if they're healthy? Is that roster good enough to make a real run in the West? We'll get into that. Uh, As Mario had in the opening there, what LeBron's doing, put some stuff into perspective these last couple of nights, just some of the stats. Um, And then one of the other things we'll get into a little bit later as well is just a simple question. Do do Lakers have to make a move? Uh, Is it just... Um, is it also just kind of a message that you're the front office you're sending if you make a move or if you don't make a move, is that sending another type of message? So we got a lot of good stuff to get into. I want to start with the last uh, three games Lakers played. So I did Lakers talk last week. I think we did it, if I'm right, on a Tuesday. Yep, Lakers were at Denver. Remember LeBron, AD, both didn't play in that one, or let's just add LeBron to that list because AD's been out. And then... Lakers had um, one game, or had three games over the last week, but really they had one game over four, five nights, which is never happens in an NBA schedule, NBA grind of a schedule. And this is kind of what happened. You had the game against Dallas, you had the game against Philly, and you had the game last night against the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, I, I know we could kind of turn this into the competition that the Lakers are facing and the injuries that the Lakers have. And I, I will, I, I'll, I'll reference that as I kind of go through some of my points, but it's actually a really disappointing week in Lakers basketball. Um, I was, and, and I still am. I still think the Lakers can obviously get into that playoff mix. I've told you guys before how critical I believe that is for the Lakers to give Braun, AD and Russ um, a shot at a postseason run. Um, but last week, and this is what's going to kind of gear me towards the Darvin Ham conversation, I thought the Lakers had some real, real good opportunities to beat some quality teams 
right here in L.A. at Crypto.com Arena. And at absolute worst, they should have went 2-1 and one over that stretch of three games so far that have been played at home. This is a five-game homestand. They got two more games left after this. Um, they went 1-2. and two. And they had a loss against the Dallas Mavericks that went to double overtime. They had a one-point loss against the Philadelphia 76ers on Sunday night. And um, for me, that kind of raised some questions that maybe I didn't have them before. And this is going to happen during an 82-game grind. Sometimes players are going to look good. Sometimes players are going to look bad. Sometimes you're going you're gonna to go out of your way to highlight what a coach is doing. Other times you're going to be critical about some of the coach's decisions. Um, I have been from the absolute start. I got a chance and, you know, I think this is just part of the unique position uh, that some of us are here at 710. We get to, there's some interaction with the players and the coaches and so forth. So media day, or no, no, not media day. Lakers hired Darvin, Darvin Ham as a head coach. And um, we were there for the presser, the press conference. And as soon as Darvin Ham was done speaking with um, with the media, he came upstairs, Lakers training facility, Travis and I were doing our show, and we got a chance to, I don't know, maybe sit within 10 minutes, whatever it was. Oh, I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. That's a dude that you could tell he's got the... Um, He's definitely got the resume. He's got the grind. He was a former player. His story is unbelievable. His relationship with the players. Um, rolling up his sleeves and coming to work every single day. Yeah. No no issues there. Um, I also like the way I think a lot of these players are following Darvin Ham. I think they're playing hard. I think they make no excuses. And trust me, there are some excuses for the Lakers this year. Maybe Laker fans don't want to hear it, and that's fine. I understand it. You know, it's a results-driven league, and it's a results-driven business. What's your record look like? What's it say? Where are you in the NBA standings? I think there are a lot more storylines to it than just looking, at, just making it that simple. Um, but I, I think the progression has been interesting because at 2-10, and 10, I think every Laker fan is like, what the heck is going on here? Is this going to be the same season as it was last year? And then right after that, what did they win? Uh, eight of ten after that. And then it was like, well, well, maybe not. No, look look, look where the Lakers are trending. And since then, the team has kind of really hovered around 500 since then. But you dug such a hole in the beginning that you know you're always let's say three, four, sometimes five games below 500. They've got as close to two games below 500, but they've never really taken off. But they've also never gone completely the other way. And you're like, okay, well this season is done. Um, I think a lot of that is because of Darvin Ham. I think he's a um, I think he's a coach that as the year continues to progress, his message is getting louder and louder. The the chemistry of the team. Um, I think the way he wants the team to carry itself, you could tell. What do they say? A lot of times, your team is a reflection of your coach. Your business is a reflection of the CEO or the owner of the company, right? Um, That's usually kind of what the company, the face of it is based on what your coach is or what your CEO is or whatever the case is. So 
That's the best way that I can describe my thoughts so far on Darvin Ham this year. I think he's the right coach for the Lakers. I love that he has... Um, I mean, let me use the Russ thing as a perfect example. Russ came into this season. I didn't have an answer for Russ. Nobody did. And I remember Darvin Ham. I, I don't know. what It might have been four games in is when he decided to bring him off the bench. But it wasn't really... I don't know what happens behind, this, behind the scenes, but it was kind of like... Yeah, no, that's his role. He's coming off the bench. That's that's how I'm going to use him. And, and I'm the head coach. And if that's how I want to use him, that's how I'm going to use him. Um, so I, I'm I'm bold in the sense where I feel like Darvin Ham can take the Lakers. Now, I'm going to point out the critical piece. Because I think there have been some late game decisions and execution or lack of execution that I think have cost the Lakers some games. And this is more in the immediate future, or I'm sorry, the immediate past. You know, it's tough to remember every game when you're 40 something games in, but it's really easy to look back in the last couple of games and say, okay, how'd they do? What'd they do? What'd you like? What'd you dislike? And that's kind of really what I'm doing right now. Um, This three game homestand so far, two of those games, against Dallas and Philly. Those are tough matchups. Dallas, I'm not as sold on as others. I know Luka's great. He's amazing. He's this, that. Don't get me wrong. The guy is unbelievable. But I just think they're a very beatable team. I think they're predictable. I think if their threes are not falling, they're, you know, they can lose any game. Um, and I think the Lakers can beat them. I don't, I don't mind that matchup. I know Lakers are 0-2 against them so far this year, but that's also playing without you know, your best player or your second best player, wherever you want to put AD on this. Um, The game on Thursday night. I wanted Darvin Ham to take more control of that game at the end. I wanted Darvin Ham. I wanted to feel his fingerprints on that game. I wanted him when uh, the Lakers are up three, without hesitation, doubling Luka, or fouling Luka, or fouling whoever. Uh, remember, Luka was inbounding the ball. This is the final play of regulation, and Lakers were up three. I wanted to feel Darvin Ham's fingerprints at that end of that game, and I wanted him to, yeah, of course I'm not going to let Luka beat us, or, or Luka tie the game. Of course I'm not going to let him do that. Is he a great player? Of course he is. But I can also make a decision to take the ball out of his hand or send him to the free throw line so he's not top of the key, um, setting up somebody that sees six, seven inches taller, Dennis Schroeder, and just kind of going to his spot and taking a three. I wanted to see Darvin Ham take over the end of that game. Sometimes we talk about players taking over uh, games, but there's also many a times where a coach can take over a game. We see it right now in the NFL. You know, we got these playoff games, and you just had all the um, the wild card games. What do we have? Six games, something like that. Each one of these games, you could see one coach just completely outcoach another, and then there's your ball game, and and that's at the highest magnitude because they're in the playoffs. I know it's just a regular season game here, but I wanted to see that from Darvin Ham in that moment. Okay, very next game, they're playing the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Philly game was on Sunday. I'm not telling you that it was guaranteed that the Lakers were going to have a possession that um, they were going to walk away with. I'm, I'm, let me put it this way. I'm not guaranteeing the Lakers, even if Darvin Ham would have called a timeout, the perfect play was ran, that they were going to win that game. But I thought there were moments in the end of that game 
where Darvin Ham, again, could have took control of the situation and say, all right, I got a ton of trust in my players, which is why they love me. I will look at the media and I will have my players back till no tomorrow to where the media is like, all right, well, we're not getting through this guy. I mean, he's obviously, he's got the best interests of his players. The players love that. And I love that. I, I, I watch that from afar and I admire that. But I think there's certain times a coach can win you a game. I think there's certain times a coach can put a player in the absolute best position to go get a W. In those two games against the Dallas Mavericks and the Philadelphia 76ers, I would have loved to see Darvin Ham's fingerprints more on the endings of those games. Now, um, who knows how the rest of the season plays out. Maybe in that situation again that the Lakers find themselves in a similar situation. Darvin Ham may very well... Uh, look back at you know what kind of went on over the last week and say, okay, cool, I, I got it. Um, I'm going to do this one a little bit differently. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe this is just kind of who he is as a coach. I'm going to go by the percentages, and I'm going to take my chances with my players, and I have more confidence in them than I do trying to call a play. That team then gets to regroup on defense, blah, 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 all the all the details that go into it. So I'm going to throw this one out to Laker fans because I haven't really done this too much, and specifically on Lakers talk. 40-plus um, games. We're past the halfway point. Darvin Ham has had to deal with Anthony Davis already missing 16 games in just this stretch. I want to say maybe total he's missed about 18 games so far this year. He's dealt with Pat Bev out of the lineup, Austin Reeves out of the lineup, uh, uh, Lonnie Walker at the lineup, Troy Brown Jr. at the lineup, trying to juggle LeBron James and how to use him properly when he's 38 years old. And I don't think there's any way to treat LeBron. LeBron's going to do him, and he's going to continue to just be as successful as he's been his entire career, and he plays like he's 28. Um, but I am curious to get Laker fans' reaction to what they think of Darvin Ham so far and what he's, uh, what he's done and what he's accomplished so far as a Laker coach. We can do that coming up next. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Talking um, specifically about Lakers head coach Darvin Ham. Your thoughts on the team's progress under Darvin Ham. Just your overall thoughts. Uh, how he's done so far for the Lake Show. 
um, his relationship with the players, so forth and so forth. I want to read off a quick uh, tweet here. Um, Bill on Twitter, Ham has gotten them to play hard on most nights. He's made mistakes, but so has every first-year head coach. We simply need to stay healthy. It begins and ends with health. Okay, so let, let me play off of that, and I know we got some phone calls, which I'll get into in just a second. Um, let me play off of that one here real quick. The health portion of it, you know, every coach in the NBA, and whether you're uh, the Pelicans and Zion's got some extent. Actually, here's a better example. The Phoenix Suns had, I want to say, the best record in the West kind of earlier in the year. Um, and it hasn't really taken very long for them to just spiral all the way to where they're actually neck and neck with the Lakers now for 12th and 13th. They're injured. You know, the the the, um, the Phoenix Suns just didn't all of a sudden... Monty Williams didn't just forget how to coach. No, they're, they're injured. They're beat up. And oh, by the way, whether you're Steve Kerr with the Golden State Warriors, maybe they have other issues. I don't know, but I know they've had a ton of different players in and out of the lineup. Um, you can say the Clippers, who have only played with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard a handful of times this year. Injuries are everything. And I actually think Darvin Ham has overachieved when it comes to some of the obstacles in front of him, the biggest obstacle being Anthony Davis. Um, it, it, and I, For me, part of this conversation has more to do with just the late game situations and what to do. And I do think they could have got a W, whether it was that Phoenix or whether it was the Dallas game or Philly. One of those should have equaled the W. And, and that to me is where you know I talk about where I want to see his fingerprints more that is specifically, literally, where I'd like to see his imprint more is uh, towards the end of the games. All right, 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Daniel in Santa Monica. What's going on, Daniel? Hey, how you doing, Al? Thanks for taking the call. You got it, man. Uh, you know, I think, I, you know, I think, I think Darvin's doing a good job. I, but I think, uh, I think if he had the right type of troops, you know, I think, you know, we wouldn't be talking about a lot of things. Just real quick, um, I just wanted to make one point about roster construction. But before I do that, you know, I was always throwing Russ under the bus and uh, you know like a lot of people just saying we got to get rid of him got to get rid of him I mean, got to kind of give him credit you know um, he's not a perfect player he's a little flawed you know can't shoot turns it over but you know I think you got to give him credit for buying in and, and doing a really good job off the bench so that real quick and then so before point, before, so you, before you get into the before Daniel before yeah. you get into the roster construction let me hit on the Russ thing and stay on the line here but let me hit on the Russ thing real quick I think actually what you just said you're right and I don't know if Russ is maybe buying in if it was a different coach, right? And I, I think that's where the ham thing comes into play. He's got so much confidence. Let me give you a perfect example on this. He, after the Philly loss, he said, I like my chances with Russ going down the floor and it's Joel Embiid guarding him. I don't. I don't like that scenario. And I don't know if that's just Darvin Ham, um, you know, obviously having his players back. But I, I think that's part of what you're referring to, that Russ is coming off the bench, buying in, and having some success with it. I think a lot of that has to do with Darvin Ham. And it, go on your roster construction. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think we also attack a little too late. I think he just fumbled the ball and didn't have the advantage. But, um, yeah, just real quick, like, you know, we got, like, eight guys that are, like, 6'3 to 6'5, and, and I like them. But it's just we're so undersized on the wing, and it just seems like we're, we're – it's so hard for us to get stops because it just feels like it's hard for us to rotate there because we don't have that size. When we're there, we're undersized, so guys have an advantage still. 
And I just think that, like, with with this, that it's kind of second year in a row, we haven't really addressed that length and that length on the wing. And I see a guy like Robert Covington not even playing for the Clippers. We would do so, man. We would need a guy like that so bad. Not that he's the answer, but you know, just to give us a little bit of, you know, uh, kind of an even matchup with a lot of the, the teams that are that we're facing. And I think that's a big part of why we just cannot get a stop. But um, anyway, that's kind of like you know, and then we're working out centers like Myers Leonard and, and the other guy, you know, Demarcus. Yeah, Bogey Demarcus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so like, which is fine, right? Like Myers Leonard's okay, you know. But, like, why aren't we looking at wings? Because I just feel like our Thomas Bryant, we got Damian. Danny, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. You got some valid, really good points. I don't disagree with you on the roster construction. They got way too many guards. They don't have enough wings. And, you know, you, you mentioned Kelvington as an example. I got on the background here. Philly's playing the Clippers right now. I've said this before. That the Clippers got twelve guys. They probably even go deeper than twelve guys on that team. And there's some of those guys that literally can't find a way on the on the basketball floor. And I'm with you, Daniel. Any of those guys that are sitting tenth, eleventh, or twelfth on the Clippers, um, they would be they'd be huge for the Lakers. They do not have wings. They don't have. And when I'm talking about wings, I'm talking about. Skilled wings, wing players that are also a threat to hit jumpers. You could say, all right, well, they have uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson. Yeah, but JTA is not a threat to go hit an 18-footer or a 22-footer. If he does shoot one, most teams are going to say, all right, we'll take our chances. Whatever that possession looks like, we'll take our shots. Um, I don't disagree with you that. And I think that did happen at the start of the season where you know free agency was pretty much done and uh, you got through, you kind of had your roster and you looked at it and you're like, all right, they're going to have the same wing issue that they had last year as well. And I know Carmelo was in that role, but the Lakers just kind of were shuffling everybody and Carmelo, Carmelo at the end of his career. Um, and then they got way too many guards. And that still kind of holds fruit today. Uh, Daryl in Torrance. What's going on, Daryl? Hey, what's up, man? Um, just uh, <laughs> It's kind of funny. You got three guys making over $30 million, correct? Uh, forty-seven LeBron. for <laughs> forty-seven for Russ. I don't know Bron and right. AD off the top of my head, but one hundred percent they're over thirty. They're, yeah, they're over thirty. So, so if you take five million dollars from Russ, five million from LeBron, five million from AD, you can buy a center and a, and a wing. It's amazing to me. It's it's it's, it's about sacrifice, and guys got to be willing to know that they're part of the the problem. You can't stay healthy. And you're not on the court. That thirty-five or thirty-seven million dollars we're giving you, get some of it back. It's real simple. Well, and, you know, and, and there's no and law Darryl, that can't. Well, yeah. uh, there is actually, but thank you for for tuning in. I mean, I guess what you could say is, or I thank you for calling in. I guess what you could say is, hey, when you're signing your contract. No, you're going to take five million less. So then they have a little bit more money, pull of money to go out there and play with. Um, I, I don't listen. I, I know we've seen athletes do that in the past, uh, and there's probably still athletes doing that today. Um, and I, I, I would kind of argue that's the front office's problem. That's not Anthony Davis's problem, right? That's not. People are mad that at least for the last year and a half or so since Russ has been a Laker. You know, why is Russ making $47 million? Because a team paid him $47 million to play this year. What do you want Russ to do? It's not Russ's fault that they paid him that amount. Um, but what you could be saying, and maybe this is what you're referring to, is 
just again, we'll go back to it. The roster construction had question marks before the season started and obviously still question marks now. And of course, health has a, a, a big part to do that. Okay, I'll read some more of uh, your guys' tweets when we come back. And little update on Anthony Davis that he's getting a little bit closer. What that means, what that looks like um, as far as uh, uh, how many more games that would be and some of the matchups that they would have. And then can the Lakers make a real run in the West if they're healthy? We'll get into all that coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I appreciate everybody that's uh, called in and tweeted into the show. 877-710-ESPN. We hit on Darvin Ham and just, you know, what Laker fans think. I, I think on Twitter, I'll tell you the consensus on Twitter, it's they like his progress. They like where he's going. And they're also... Um, they're also going out of their way to say, yes, a first-year head coach is probably going to make some mistakes that a first-year head coach will make. And um, and I, I kind of fall on that one. I, I, that's the one thing I'll give Darvin Ham, you know, some credit on as well. I, he doesn't he doesn't take me as somebody who's stubborn. You know, sometimes you see, oh, we're going to do it again. And you know what? Next time it's going to be different. I feel that he's more than happy to adjust after you know going through a specific experience and not being stubborn. Sometimes you get in your own way. Um, okay, so I want to play this here real quick. We'll spend a quick second on this. Uh, Sham Sharana, the Athletic, gave a bit of an update yesterday on Anthony Davis. Take a quick listen. So Anthony Davis is expected to start running now. So once that happens and he's back onto the floor running full speed, at that point he's going to progress to contact work in the relative near future. And so uh, I'm told that the hope is that Anthony Davis is going to be able to get back out on the floor with a handful of games left before the All-Star break. So that puts you out uh, at about early February for a potential return for Anthony Davis to get back on the floor. He's got a bone spur issue. He's got a stress reaction in that foot. And so he's one of the guys that should be in the All-Star game this year, voted in. He's already among the leaders in the fans. So you've got to come back before the All-Star break if you want to play in the game itself. We'll see if he's going to be able to make it back. But right now the goal is for Anthony Davis to be back out on the floor uh, with about a handful of games left. And that puts you right around trade deadline. And we'll see how that impacts which moves the Lakers could make. All right, so there's some progress there. Uh, Sunday when I was doing the pregame show before the Philly game, 
AD was out there. He was warming up. He was playing a little bit. It's not like the guy was sprinting up and down the floor, but he was getting some shots up. Um, AD's been out since December 16th. He's missed 16 games so far. I won't count the game that he got injured in, which was against the Denver Nuggets. Lakers are 8-8 eight and eight without him. And um, I think every Laker fan kind of understood how desperate of a situation it was going to be for the Lake Show without AD. And they've managed. 8-8. Eight and eight. And there's even a couple games that they could have won. And who knows? They could have been 9-7, and seven, maybe even 10-6. and six. But they're 8-8. Eight and eight. That's what their record is since Anthony Davis has been gone over this 16-game stretch. If what Shams is reporting about making some progress, maybe he's able to come back in that first week of February. Well, there's eight games left in the month of January. And I got to be honest with you, these matchups are not favorable to the Lakers without Anthony Davis. They're going to be really tough games. Lakers got Sacramento tomorrow. It'll be the final matchup the Lakers have against the Kings. They've already played them three times, lost two of them, and then won one by two points in overtime up in Sacramento. If you guys remember that game, 136-134. They got the Memphis Grizzlies, who have the best record in the Western Conference, and John Morant, a team that, let's just say, um, is the definition of confidence and cocky. They've won 10 games in a row. I think they got a game in between us before they uh, before they get up to before they come here to crypto. Um, but that's a tough game. You still got games against uh, Clippers at Boston, at Brooklyn, at New York. That's brutal. At Indiana. So it's it's positive news that Anthony Davis is getting closer to returning, that he's back on the court. But, man, there's 15 games left before the All-Star break. Um and without really knowing how long it's going to, you know, actually be till AD comes back, and when he does come back, um, you know, what kind of version of Anthony Davis are we getting? It, guy's not going to just come back and do the what he did over that four week span where he was thirty five and thirteen a game or whatever it was. Obviously, he's going to need a second to come back. And the only thing I'd say, the Lakers don't really have any time to spare, and it is the reality of the situation. Uh, impressive that they've been hanging with some of these teams, but they need W's. And this is going to be a tough stretch for the Lakers, and they're going to have to go through that stretch at least for eight more games without AD. So that you know that's part of the concern there. Um, when you go look at the NBA standings, and I'm sure every Laker fan has done this way too much, or maybe it's just me, um, the Lakers aren't out of anything. I mean, just the reality is they're right in the mix. Now, you might look at the standings and say, well, they're 13th place, but look at the details. They're 20 and 24. I'm not trying to justify that that's okay or any of that stuff, but 20 and 24, you're two games back behind the Warriors at number seven. All right? You're a game and a half behind the Jazz, the Timberwolves, and the Blazers. Eight, nine, and 10 is where they are. You're... Clippers are playing the uh, Sixers right now. Uh, Go Sixers, by the way. Uh, Clippers are playing the Sixers. If the Clippers lose tonight against Philly, the Lakers are two games back. If Clippers win, they're three games back of the sixth seed. I only set that up for just the, the simplicity of just saying the Lakers are still in the mix. It's not like they've gone anywhere. Um, You would have thought, 
I wouldn't have been surprised or shocked if I told you when AD got injured, hey, he's out 16 games. How many games do you think the Lakers are going to win over the 16? I don't know, four, five? And you're kind of almost content with that because AD is such a key piece, Um, which takes me to my next topic. And I think this is the one that I want to lean towards one way and – I just don't know if you know if it's realistic on this. Can the Lakers make a real run in the West if they're healthy? So let's say February 1st rolls around. And Anthony Davis, I'm just throwing out dates here, okay? Anthony Davis is ready February 1st. And the Lakers are still kind of in this mix where they're one or two games back from being in that playing tournament or maybe three games, four games back from getting to that sixth seed. Um, they're still in the mix that the rest of the game's left. It's like, all right, here's our final stretch. Let's go. By the way, February 9th is a trade deadline, NBA trade deadline. Um, I don't really see any teams in the Western Conference that I could tell you. They're good teams in the West. Don't get me wrong. Memphis is a good team. That's a tough out, and they're a team that at least has made the playoffs even though they're young. Uh, they don't have championship experience or anything like that, but they're a good team. Denver's a good team. They're atop the Western Conference. Uh, Jokic is amazing. Jamal Murray's playing better basketball. When Lakers played them, it was a week ago, I think a week ago in Denver, their starting lineup of KCP and Jokic or Jokic and uh, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, kind of go down the list of everybody they have. I'm like, damn, that's a really good starting lineup. It's a good balance. You got a little bit of star power. You got this. They got some good players to come off the bench. Bones Highland I'm a fan of. They got some other guys come off the bench. Um, I only set it up like that because those are the top two in the West. Does anybody really, really scare you in the Western Conference? I'm not saying that, you know, a a team can't beat the Lakers. I'm not saying that a team can't dominate the Lakers. I'm just asking, does anybody really, really scare you in the West? And I think it's fair to say, no, there shouldn't be. I was listening to a podcast. I think it was J.J. Reddick's podcast. And he was saying that between Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento, the amount of finals experience for those four teams. And it was like, well, Sacramento had finals experience when they weren't even in Sacramento. Um, They hadn't moved to Sacramento yet. So he was just trying, the point he was trying to make is, look at the top four teams in the West. This is exciting because it's so unique. It's so different. I, I think if the Lakers are healthy, I think they can make a real run in the West. But there's so many variables. There's so many... I'm going to pause here for a second. I don't want to say a real run. I still think they're a move away. I still think you got to go make a move at February 9th. I had a caller call in, was talking about Lakers don't have any wing help. They also don't have any real shooters. Um, They have to address that. And if they don't address that, I think they are going to be a team, even with Anthony Davis, that you just kind of have a ceiling. You know that you're going to eventually, at some point, Everything is going to have to go your way. Everything is going to have to line up your way in order for you to have a real shot. Um, And I could say that the Western Conference isn't that scary because it's not. The reason why the Lakers at 20 and 24 are still in the mix is because you have a lot of average teams in the West that nobody's really kind of running away with anything. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say this and, you know, we'll, we'll take some calls after this as well. 
I do think they they got to make a move. I'd be so disappointed if February 9th comes around and the Lakers did nothing. To have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook all on your team, not knowing what the future is a year from now, two years from now, whatever the case, five years from now, but really more of the immediate future. And to go two straight years without making the playoffs, damn, would that be incredibly disappointing. And, of course, it's not the plan that anybody signed up for. Um, We'll take some of your phone calls coming up next. And there is one player that I really, really hope the Lakers do make a run for. And I get it. There's a lot of other teams that like to like to have him on their squad as well. We'll do all that coming up next. Phone number, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Plus, i got to talk about Braun's stupid, ridiculous, makes-no-sense stats here over these last couple of games. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. All right, I'm, I'm getting to... Uh... LeBron's ridiculousness here in just a second. Let's take a quick call here. David and Van Nuys. What's going on, David? Thanks for calling. Hey, Sliwa. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I was just uh, I was just wondering I was, uh, what your opinion on this is. Um, Anthony Davis coming back before the All-Star. Um, I know most likely he's going to get voted in to play an All-Star, which he deserves it. He is an All-Star. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a Laker fan, um, I'm kind of – I'm kind of worried about him playing in the All-Star game because of the fact that, you know, why would we want him to get hurt again? You know, we are so close to that playing spot or even the sixth spot. I mean, isn't it better if he was to actually sit out for the All-Star game so that we could actually have a run at at getting into the playoffs? I mean, I'd like to see what your opinion on that is. Again, he's an All-Star. He's an All-Star. He deserves to be in it. Yep. But as a fan, I, w- I wish we could have him longer so that we could have that push. Um, so, I'd like to so hear I, your, your – let, let, me, let me jump in here, and I appreciate you calling in. So real quick here. Um, yeah, I, I don't really disagree with that. I mean, I, listen, I, I don't think he's coming back on the floor unless he's no question about it 100% healthy. You know, there's a little risk when you come back and, you know, what if, what if uh, he has a setback? What if – um, it flares up again, and he starts feeling some pain. What does that mean? Does it mean two more weeks he's not going to be there? So I think the Lakers are going to take every precaution to getting him actually back on the floor. That's number one. The all-star break for me, I mean, if there's one good thing, I, I if if Anthony Davis said tomorrow, hey, guys, I'm so happy that you know I was voted into the all-star game. Obviously, it's a, it's a great uh, accomplishment feat, and I appreciate all the votes. Um, but I'm not going to be able to participate in this year's All-Star game. I just want to be very careful. I just I, I just missed, you know, by the time he comes back, 20-something games or whatever the case is, <laughs> there's going to be no Laker fan complaining that he's not playing in that All-Star game. Whether he does it or he doesn't, I'm not sure, um, but I get some of the caution there, and I'm not here to argue if AD doesn't play in it. Again, I think Laker fans, no one's going to be upset at that. I want to hit on something here real quick. Um the the one player, and I, I've said this before, I, I really do hope, Sham Sharani had mentioned this, that there are obviously a number of teams that are going to go after uh, Bogdanovich, and uh, there's a ton of 
bat, uh, playoff teams that are going to go after Bogdanovich. That's my guy. That's my target. I think that's the type of player that the Lakers need. Uh, they need a shooter. Now, the asking price from what they've been saying is way too high of what the Pistons are asking for. I saw something earlier this week. You might have to include Nerlens Noel, which means the Lakers would have to include somebody else to match salary. So whatever happens there, I will just continue to reiterate this. LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook need to make the playoffs, period, period. Like I, I, I really don't have any more to say after that. Those three players, specifically Bron and AD, they have to be in the postseason. You cannot go two years in a row without making the playoffs. Now, if AD comes back and he's not healthy and it just it's injuries the rest of the way, okay, there's nothing you could do about that. But if it's lining up to you're getting to February 1st and AD's back and he feels good and he feels healthy and the trade deadline is on February 9th, um, God bless the assets that the Lakers have. God bless what happens five years or seven years from now. But the idea and the concept is to win today. The Lakers are not in a rebuilding mode. And if, if you know, obviously, and I, I don't question this at all. I know the front office wants to make the playoffs as well and see what they could do. Um, but you have to make the playoffs. You cannot go two years with Braun, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. They let eight teams get in the postseason each year. They let 10 be in the mix. Um, they're just, uh, whatever happens between now and February 9th, all I care about is that front office is assuring, yeah, they're going to at least get in the big dance, and then it's up to those players and the coaching staff and everybody else to uh, to perform from there. we only got a minute left here, so I'm going to make this one quick. Um, LeBron's 38 years old. On Sunday against Philly, he had 35 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds. He was 15 of 23 from the field in 35 minutes of play. Then he played last night on a back-to-back against the Houston Rockets. He had 48 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. He was 16 of 26 from the field. He played 36 minutes. LeBron's 38 years old. What the hell is this man doing at age 38? Uh, it's absolutely amazing. It's incredibly impressive. The only reason why I want to read off those stats here, do me a favor, Laker fans, uh, sometimes just stop and appreciate greatness because greatness is here today and we get a chance to listen to it and we get a chance to watch it every single night. Do not take it for granted. What Bron's doing is amazing. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in, Laker fans. You could always catch the entire hour on the podcast. Uh, thank you to Michael Funches, Laura Romo, and, uh, and Mario Ruiz. Have a great rest of your night.